and welcome to Ridiculously Imperfect. I'm Emily. And I'm Kelsey. And we are here to share life stories while embracing our imperfections. Each episode, we dig deep into the highs and lows of life, tackling topics with authenticity and humor. Our stories are meant to be told, not buried. Join us in being ridiculously imperfect. Well, everybody, welcome back to Ridiculously hey. Imperfect. Nailed it. We said it right that time. Because you started. <laughs> <'Cause> I started. <laughs> it would not be so if I did. So this is episode, what? I don't know. We're like over a, 10 now. Yeah, and 11, so I think. we can finally say with confidence the name of our podcast <laughs> without messing it up. Okay. We are so excited because we have two guests in here that are incredibly special to us. Steph and Earl, can you guys say hello? Hello, hello. Hello, happy holidays. Welcome. Welcome to the podcast room. Oh my gosh. Okay, so I don't know if anyone else can relate to this, but you meet your people. You love your people. Your people decide to move away. You're crushed. Kelsey can relate. Not cool, guys. But thanks for being on our podcast. (laughs) But we're happy to be here. We're back. (laughs) Lucky for you guys, we're those friends that never go away. We will always come back for more. That's right. And we love that. But in all seriousness, we are so happy for you guys that you have transplanted from the KC area to the Chicago area and you love it. And life is going well there yeah yeah and we're thankful that you come back and visit so all kidding aside when we when friends move away it stinks and you go through like a grieving process but you try to find your new norm and hopefully we've made that work but we just love that we don't miss a beat when you guys come back yeah that's That's what's so awesome about our friendship is that it's like we haven't missed 363 days and then you come back at Christmas. <laughs> but who's yeah. like, when you said yeah. three No, we actually saw them in the summer. Yeah, we saw them in May. But that's right. It's like those friendships where time can pass and you come back and it's like you saw each other yesterday. Yeah. Hey man, what's up? Didn't skip a beat. Yes. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> love it. So we knew when we wanted you guys to come on that we wanted to talk about something that a lot of people shy away from because they either don't know how to talk about it or don't know what to say. It makes them uncomfortable. But sitting in the room, we can see it because you guys are beautiful and in front of us, but you're an interracial couple. So is that, how do you view that as being an interracial couple? Is that something that, especially in today's mess of how society can be, how do do you guys land with that? Steph? (laughs) Oh, I start. Um, I don't really think about it, to be very honest, um, because I don't have that mindset. So until it is brought to my attention, like media wise or something is said or a comment is made, I just don't think about it. I don't think of us. I don't when I look in the mirror and I look at our photos, like I don't see black and white and our, you know, our backgrounds. I just I see us. Yeah, 100 percent agree. Uh, I mean, probably over the last 15 years or so, it's it's been the norm, I think. Um so I think it's a lot more accepted now. We don't get as many stares and in fact, not at all. But just from my perspective, I don't really see color. I mean, I just see my wife and, you know, our beautiful kids and our family and our friends and, and that's it. That was one thing yeah. that actually right before you guys got in, Kelsey and I were talking about yeah. that very topic of, do you want to share a little bit of what yeah. you had said? So I told Emily, I said, I'm kind of nervous like to talk about this today only for the fact that I feel kind of naive or 
maybe just of a different mindset because I said, they're just my friends. Their marriage is exactly like my marriage because I don't see it any other way. I said, the truth is Earl is black and Steph is white. And that's the truth. And I love them exactly the same. So I said, I putting saying interracial marriage to me like puts a mark on it that makes it something different. And to me, it's not. So I, it put me in an uncomfortable space, but then we talked about the beauty of the reality of that. You guys probably have had some difficult situations, differences, challenges that you might've had to face or comments. Like you said, you don't think about it until somebody says something that we probably have never heard of or ever had to experience. And you're not alone in that, you know, and with the way society's changed and things like that too, um, we think it's good to talk about these things so that we were talking a little bit about how do we uh, change that or not change necessarily, but just do better in, in loving everyone and teaching our kids that as well. So they wouldn't, you know, see the differences. But then we also talked about Emily made the point. She's like, but there is difference in the color and there's beauty in that. And so we don't want to leave that aside, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But the beauty of your family is like one of our favorites. So we're so excited for you guys to sit and talk with us about this today. And we thank you for just being open and and chatting about this with us. Right, especially with something that is sensitive and can be really heavy for some. Or honestly, it can be incredibly educational because I was telling Kels before you guys walked in that I, growing up where I did, and the level of discrimination I felt, and I believe you guys know this now, but I I considered it to be because I'm Hispanic and growing up in a primarily Caucasian town and the horrible things that were said and done to me, and many of which I've never really publicly spoken about, and I probably never will, but I always felt that was one and the same to how the Black community has been treated until the last couple of years. And this is as someone who my Black son is seven. And I did not know the difference until I knew the difference. Sure. And I think that is something like we, everyone deserves the opportunity to have that aha moment. And if this could be a space for someone to have that aha moment, I would love that. Even if it's just for us to sit here, the four of us, and have this really good conversation, that's great. But I just was telling Kelsey, I love that I have grown and learned more, even from the day we adopted our boy, to know like him being black like he is different but he's we're all different and he's different in a good way and i want to celebrate his culture and i want to celebrate the hurts and i want to celebrate how to make you most successful and all these different things that i don't know that i going into it i viewed it correctly because Mm. and i'm not saying that the hispanic community does not receive backlash or racism i'm not saying that at all so i just want to make that very clear because that's absolutely a thing as well And also to the Asian community. Like, there's Mm -hmm. so many different communities that are discriminated against. And I don't have a view of that. And I want to do better as a human. I want to grow. I want to learn. And so I want to just make sure that as I go through my own journey of life and being a better person, that I make space for that. And that I can acknowledge, like, I was wrong. I was wrong. And I can do better. So I think that's kind of where the basis of this conversation started. (laughs) But before we get like too too much into the heaviness we wanted i guess we should have started off by like introducing a little yeah, bit more I was about just them. Gonna say that. <laughs> because i realized like we started getting into this really good stuff and i was like ooh, we probably yeah. should have just said like 
you know, what do you do? Tell us, Tell about, us about your family. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, we'll pull it back a little bit. But yeah, if you guys would just take turns sharing a little bit about you, maybe even a little ditty of how you met your family, like whatever you want to share. Yeah. Who's going first this time? Uh, you want to go first? I'll go first this time. Okay. Yeah, well, why not? Um, so I, I come from a, a mixed family, you should say. So my mom is Hispanic, which you know, and then my dad is black. Um, so I grew up on all sides. You know, I grew up on the Hispanic side. I saw the black side. We, we lived in the suburbs. So um, I wasn't exposed to, um, you know, what you would see, I, I guess, just traditionally from black families, um, single parent families. Uh, my parents are still together, you know, 40 plus years they've been married and That's um, a strong nucleus. I, my dad's my hero. Um, you know, we'll get to talk about some stuff today uh, about him and his struggle because he married uh, an Hispanic woman in the 70s and that was taboo. Mm-hmm. So oh, yeah. he went through it and uh, he taught me about it. So one, I just, I appreciate your vulnerability saying that, you know, you were afraid. I think the unknown to a lot of people, it makes people afraid and, and talking about it, yeah. I think eases the burden a little bit. But um, as far as, <laughs> myself and my wife we've met i think 14 years ago 13 years ago we've been together for that long um had kids first then got married so we've got four beautiful children two boys two girls um 11 9 7 and 3 7 and 4 <clears throat> and um we had three kids first and then we decided to get married so um but you know met in Kansas City yeah met in Kansas City um i was working she walked in, she caught my eye, and we How started, could she not? Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> we started talking, and I think months had gone by. I'd seen her again, and we sparked up more conversation. And, you know, one thing led to another, and, um, you know, ended up, you know, getting together, staying together, having kids, having marriage, finding faith, finding you guys. Um, so it's just been a great journey. How long have you guys been married? Seven years. Seven? Yeah. yeah. Seven, going into eight. Mm-hmm. But together for a little bit longer. I have to remember how old Valentina is, and that's when I'm like, "Oh, yep, that's, that's when the years. marriage happened." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So we kind of did the reverse, um, which was have the kids first, and then so we got we got the hard part of the way. I like to say we did that Hollywood style. <laughs> oh, yeah, kids first, and then marriage. Sure. You know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can't believe it's a little bit better, right? <laughs> hey. <laughs> You do you. And I love that it's been seven years because I feel like they've been in our lives way longer than that. I know. That's what so I So that's why when you too. asked that, I was like, well, how long has it been? So, yeah. So that's awesome. Okay. So mm-hmm. then now where do you find yourself and professionally? And- yeah. So we're in Chicago. So we, we transplanted. It's coming up on four years. No, seriously? It'll be it's, four years in July. I mean, it's, it's coming up three and a half. four years. Three and a half. Listen, let's not it's, get ahead of ourselves. I always have to think about the baby, because he was a baby when you left. Yeah, yeah. No, oh, he's so. not. He's yeah. like a big boy. Yeah, so. Oh my gosh, and we moved to this house when you guys moved. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So that, that is how I remember it. So yeah, three and a half it's years. It's coming up on it, yeah. Crazy. So we, um, you know, we went through some struggles about four years ago and had an opportunity to go to Chicago. And uh, I work in the wireless game, so I've been with T-Mobile. I've been on the dealer side for it's 11 years now. Wow. Kind of started entry level and then just worked my way through the ranks. Had some good people, mentors that trained me and taught me and... Um, I just worked my tail off to get to the position I'm at now. So now I run an organization in Chicago. It's got about 45 stores. Um, I've been with them for, it's coming up on three years. Um, but we love Chicago. We hated leaving, but um, no, we do love Chicago. We, we do love coming we, home though too. Yeah, we like we to really come visit do. you too. Yeah. 
Yes. Well, yeah. we've been there once, so we're due. No, you've again. been there twice. Oh, I ha- I've been yes, there once. One up on yep. you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 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 That's oh, right. Oh my god. We're due again. Yes, we are due for again. a surprise visit. Oh, it was the best yeah, ever. Come, that come was by. the best. Except I just really ask that we don't end up in an awkward club like we did the last time where oh, there was a hair in my drink and I got really uncomfortable. <laughs> wow. Yeah, we won't go back there. I feel like that wasn't the most uncomfortable no, part of that. I was just trying <laughs> to just make saying. it sound like a good story. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. So thank you yeah. for sharing. You bet. And uh, anything else that you... Uh, tell us a little bit about your personality. If they ha- oh. if people haven't gathered that yet. Because right, I so feel like... I am, um, I'm very passionate about food. Let's just I am start very with that. passionate about food. He didn't start you with like lawn care. I'm a foodie. Well, yeah, that's, yeah. that's a plus. Um, that's a commonality you and I have. Yes. And that's where we connect, I yes. think, is, oh, is the sure. food and Spanish, yeah. obviously. Um, I'm a, an extrovert for sure. Um, I'm the type of person that gets up early in the morning and gets it all done so I can kind of relax once it's all done. Um, we stay pretty, I guess, healthy wise as far as like. Trying to stay in shape by working out, and we've changed eating styles. Yeah, but when you guys got out of the car today, I was like, Emily, if they get any smaller, I don't know what I'm going <laughs> to do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, come oh my on. Well, we're going to break all those rules. I think tonight, it's just so. because you haven't seen us in a while. That's what it is. Yeah. But no, well, you um, live over here. Yeah, he so, has yeah. dropped it. No, but you know, we're. I, I think at this point right now, it's it's just all about family and and faith and the kids and their sports and um, you know, we you guys stay busy. Yeah, it's oh, a busy, like when you look sure. at our calendar, we share a calendar. The calendar's just, it's stacked. Yeah. Every single day was something. Um, and <laughs> why are you looking at me like that? <laughs> I complain because she has to do it all. And she does. You know? Effortlessly. Yeah, it's, yeah, she does it. So I appreciate that about her. Life is short. You got to squeeze stuff in. No, I, I, you <laughs> That's know. what I love about yeah. Steph. Like that is one thing yes. I would say about you. You are so good at that. Like when you guys travel back, you fit so much in and see everybody. And we like experience a little bit of the same. Like when we go back to Nebraska, why are you laughing? It's so true. It, it, I'm it sure is. it feels no, chaotic and crazy to you guys. To me, it does. To her, it's normal. But you yeah. look like, yeah, that is yeah. true. You, you're a little more like just low key. Let's just stay I'm more in. Of a Brandon Foster speed. Yeah. There. Yeah. You oh, might be let's a couple not get notches that I thought I. <laughs> I thought I was a, a true extrovert until I, I really started uh-huh. finding out more about her. Yeah. yeah. And then once the kids came, it was like, hold on. Stop yeah. the press because this girl has no breaks. <laughs> she just, she just there's, so there's no break pass. No. All they're the gone. energy, no, all the gone. things. Oh my gosh. I love it. My yearbook relates again. Life in the fast, fast lane. lane. That's oh great. my gosh. It's still in love here from it. one of our last episodes, but I'm using it to write I, on now. But I'm like, oh, Steph is in the fast lane. Totally. Yeah. So the we can shift lane. to the fast this lane if you'd girl like. Can yeah. get it. Tell yeah. us about you, yeah. Steph. <laughs> um, okay. Well, so I stay at home. For now, I've been staying home. Let's see. Youngest daughter, she was one and a half when I stopped working. So I'm not, she's seven now. That's been anyway. So um, I didn't come here to do math. (laughs) So (laughs) what? Yeah. So I I stay at home. Um, Three of the kids are in school, one stays home, the youngest. With me, can we say names? Am I supposed to? Sure, if you want to, it's yeah. up to you guys. Oh, you okay. I feel like sharing. My Jackson stays home with me, 
So this will be his last year at home. Then he'll go to kindergarten next year, which oh I'm my God. pretty so sad about. Which we, I selfishly would hold him back. He's right at the cutoff. So it's either he's the youngest or the oldest. Yeah, oh, yeah. that's hard. But we sent Angelina and I'm like, he's ready. He can go. So yeah, if he's, he's ready, that's go. the hard part when you just know that they're yeah. ready. And mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Uh, so anyway, so I stay home, but I am in school right now for aesthetics. So that's going to be finished up here in a few months. So I don't know where that's going to take me or where I'm going with it, but I'm doing it. So So I took the first steps of going to school and yeah. Yeah. How are you running that busy calendar for kiddos and going to school like that? You amaze me. I don't know. We just (laughs) take it day to day and just just go. Yeah. Yeah. Get up and go. She gets a lot of help from hubby. Right oh, sorry. Yes, <laughs> that's my cue. Yes, I do have the best husband who steps in and takes care of it all. He does it all. Oh, I think, well, one, you know, her schedule takes her away um, three days during the week, and it forces me to, um, to leave work early and come home and, you know, been blessed to have owners that uh, understand what we're going through. Yeah, that's and, awesome. And uh, they've been very flexible, very Good. flexible. So it, the timing, I don't think, could be any more perfect for so then you go at night. It's been good. Yeah. You do school at night. Yeah. Okay. Nighttime. It's been good. Yeah. Because it helps him to step up a little bit more. And it's been a struggle for me because I am somewhat OCD in the house mm-hmm. <laughs> and a little bit of a control freak. Not much, but just a little bit. <laughs> and no comment. It has really been hard for me to let go and let him do certain things yeah. around the house and with the kids. Are you sure we only got like it's 30, 40 minutes for this? Because we can go <laughs> we can go down the rabbit hole. But it's been good for both of us that I'm growth yeah. in different areas. Yeah. It has. It has. That's it's, awesome. Yeah. It's an adjustment for both of us, I think. I struggled for, oh, for sure. a little while. I had a couple of breakdowns like, hey, what am I what, what do am I, I do? Doing? I was like, you need to come home. Yeah. yeah. It probably felt a little bit like a role reversal. Mm-hmm. It because was because you're what at that point you would have been six plus years into how things were mm-hmm. running, like how the ship was running, and sure. then all of a sudden you got a new captain at certain times of the day, and that's probably scary for everybody, yeah. right? Yeah, even right. probably the kids. I know that in the short snippets that I've left, and Jacob takes control. I come home and I feel like it's short of a dumpster fire, but everybody is alive and has been fed so that's what's important right because you talk about having to relinquish control and i think that's something that when you're the primary parent who uh is the one who is honestly just with the kids the most Mm -hmm. it's not like a favoritism thing it's just like a it just happens that way it can be really hard to be like oh but that is it it is okay to do it your way even though i totally would have not done it that way at all (laughs) right but exactly. I think that's a good like give and take in a relationship too, and then your parenting relationship because that's it's a challenge to do that. But obviously, you guys just had to figure it out and forge ahead, yeah. right? Yeah, day by day, <laughs> like I said. Yeah. So, so yeah. So your personality. Oh well, actually, I do want to ask you one more thing. What what was your motivation to go to school? Well, it was. Let's see. Was it last year, right before the pandemic? And I don't know, I guess during the pandemic, I, like a lot of other people, just started finding ways to, we needed haircuts. And I'm like, okay, let's do this. I cut all the kids' hair. And then, like, one of my girlfriends came over and they're like, yeah, mom cut all of our hair. And she's like, oh, I need my hair cut. And she was kind of going through some stuff. So, like, I cut her hair for her that day. I did her nails and all that stuff. And it was just like the enjoyment she got 
you know, for me helping her and just doing something nice like that, I've always enjoyed that. And I don't know, it just was kind of like one thought leading to another. I just kind of kept going back to it. And I'm like, maybe this is of interest. And I really need to start prepping my myself for when Jackson's in school, having something else to do because I cannot just stay at home by myself. So I was like, yeah. <laughs> and there's nothing not wrong with that. There is uh, nothing wrong with that. It's just not for me. I didn't need you to say that. I'm just laughing nothing because wrong. I could not wait for the day where I had like full peace in the house to do accomplish all the things I wanted to do. Right. But it still didn't get me even to this point for a couple of years. And then, you know, pandemic and yeah, and I still find like myself not knowing where the day went. So, yeah, but I, I love that you're doing that. So I was mm-hmm. just laughing because I have had people ask, like, well, what do you do if all your kids are in school? I'm like, well, just sit around eating snacks all day. It's martini o'clock <laughs> right. at like 10 30 in the morning. No, that's not what I do. But I know yeah. that's a really easy but that's what assumption. Thinks. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I know. But yeah. I do know you, and you're such a go getter. Like, there have been times where we've all hung out and we're up till wee hours of the morning and Steph is the first one up and the kitchen's clean and everything's in order. And I'm just like, dude, where's your like stop button? Are you, I've asked you before if you're a robot. I just, you have this I like no quit. Robot. It's vampire is what I was Amazing yeah. gumption. Like <laughs> vampire, they you don't just sleep. are, you do all the things and you make it look so seamless. Oh, thanks. You're welcome. It's true. Thanks. God, that's amazing. Let's do this again tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) So you tell us how, like when you guys met, like, what did you think? Yeah. um, So when we met, I mean, did you even say you were working at a bar? So we we met the worst kind of way. Well, I mean, anymore. We met met in a bar. Meeting people now is a lot different. So maybe in a bar is not so bad. But we met in a bar and... He like acted like he knew me or something, and I'm like, no, yes. man, I don't know you. <laughs> well, and I pretty much you blew wanted him to off. know me. Yeah, oh you yeah, wanted oh, to yeah. Know me. I wanted to. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> um, and then, so then I saw him again, and yeah, it was pretty much like he said. Um, there was a lot of tequila involved and um, a drone to be yeah. exact. Yeah. And, um, oh, good. I'm glad yeah. it wasn't something cheaper. No, no, we, right? we went top shelf. That's right. Oh. right, that's it's true. So, it's no, always top classy. Shelf. Yes. Classy. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Then it was all downhill from there. <laughs> yeah, uphill. Down, <laughs> I don't know. Would you say uphill or downhill? No, I don't know. We, we One went, thing led to another, yeah. and here we are. Yeah. We had some downs, but we had ups a lot of ups. Downs. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that's how we met in a bar. And... Had all that we've got four kids, like he said. We've got five kids actually. His uh daughter Keely, my stepdaughter, she's amazing and beautiful and she's in college right now. Yes. It's her first year. I apologize I didn't bring her. Sorry, yeah. dang, I said her name again. <laughs> you can say their names. Okay. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I keep feeling like I'm not supposed to say <laughs> no. names. We started I'm a name dropper and then we realized it was just not natural for us to yeah. be like my first son or my second son. Like it just became one of those things where too we're, much thinking. We're being authentically us, right? Yeah, so we just kind right. of spill it all out there outside of social security numbers and mm-hmm. things like that. Yeah. Unless you want to share. Negative. <laughs> <laughs> Negative. So, the yeah. Okay. The So you first meet and how did you have any family predisposition because Earl is like once you get to the point where it's clear you're going to be spending your lives together. Mm-hmm. How's your family react? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, my family um, did not have a good reaction, but 
I also knew my fi- my family's opinion on that. Um, but again, my mindset my whole life has just been like, you are who you are mm-hmm. and you mm-hmm. like who you like. And if they're a different race or a different, you know, whatever, then that's what it is. So, um, so you didn't allow your family's what I'm just going like, to say no. that there was some noise there and you didn't allow that to influence your choices. Right. When it came to that. Yeah. Um, I was just pretty much like, well, this is what I'm doing. And if you're on board, you're on board. And if not, then that's fine too. I yep. respect your opinion and you know, how you were raised or whatever it is, you know, that forms your opinion, but this is how I feel. So, um, so yeah, but it was, it was an issue. Um, when it came time to, well, like Earl said, we got pregnant before we were married. So once I got pregnant with Angelina, then, um, at that point it changed dramatically, um, to where it was, there was no contact. Mm. Oh, Um, no contact. Yeah. Wow. We had to have a conversation with them about Angelina coming. Yeah. We had a conversation. Um, so you guys it, were it, able to form a united front in that well, yeah, early on. Yeah, and it raised yeah. their hairs. Which hairs we kind of had to. Up, and, so. I mean, and I feel like it was a respectful thing to do on our end because it was when we let them know that I was pregnant and it's like, so this is what's happening and mm-hmm. um, you can either, we want you to be a part of our lives and your grandkids' lives or if you feel differently, then just know that we respect that. Mm-hmm. But we are going to start a family. And so um, it definitely put... A little um, bit of strain. Yeah, a big strain. A little bit of strain. And I don't even remember when things kind of turned. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. I remember we, we sat down and we had a conversation um, with your stepdad and your mom. Mm-hmm. And we just said, listen, this is, you know, if you don't want to be a part of it, you know, the, the biggest one who's going to lose is going to be the granddaughter that's coming. Mm-hmm. Right? And that's not fair mm-hmm. to her. Yeah. So, you know, we want you to be a part of it. Understand, like, you know, how you... You grew up, but here's the plan, mm-hmm. right? And um, I think at that point, I had just started in wireless. Yeah, like maybe like right at that same time, um, you know, and I'm still in wireless, right? Mm-hmm. So things got good and better and best, obviously. Um, but yeah, we had to have that that hard conversation. And um, I would kind of dealt with it before because I was married previously and my wife then was white. Mm-hmm. Um and we had a very similar conversation with her parents and reaction was very similar. So I was kind of already, I guess, used to expecting what was going to come. Um, but it, I don't think it took long for them to really come around. And I think once they saw like, okay, Earl's responsible, he's taking care of business, like they're in a good space, they've got their own place, like they were fine. Yeah, I think it was closer to when she was born that they kind of came around. And then unfortunately... About a month after I had her, my stepdad passed away. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that just kind of like everything happening at the same time um, maybe opened some of their eyes to, okay. Just how important it was. Too yeah, family maybe. Each other. I don't know. Or, yeah. 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 I don't know. But it definitely got better and oh it's um I, so, you know but i think i think that is true to what people say is you know when you bring a baby in like mm-hmm. it it does change yeah. it changes everything yeah. right and it is and i've seen a change like 
from a growth perspective, like with your mom, um, you know, mom wasn't really affectionate with you at all. Like hugs, kisses, like my family is Mm -hmm. extremely affectionate. So Mm -hmm. whenever Steph would come around, you know, they'd give her hugs and she'd be like, oh, what are you, what are you <laughs> mm-hmm. doing? Um, but Wait, that's what? Just, you mean Steph who didn't hug us yeah. when we first became friends? This that's, is shocking. I forgot about that because we kind of, we really got you to, to change on that. Yeah. Yeah. I was so, like, oh, okay. She just didn't, <laughs> I yeah. don't know what to do And I'm not this. a big hugger either. So, and, and I'm like, but you won't hug me. So that makes me feel weird. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And then it's like, and the hugs weren't even the worst of it. Then they started like kissing and stuff. And I was like, oh, oh my goodness. <laughs> We do. It's just traditionally what we do. We kiss each other on the cheeks. I, I still kiss my dad. Like it's, there's just a love there, and it's just a thing that we do. That's yeah. just a yeah. That's awesome. I thought you were going to say on the lips because I do know some adult people who right? kiss parents on the lips. Yeah, yeah. like they do, and that's fine. Hey, I just don't do that. So yeah, well, mm-hmm. and and I think the first time I realized that that was a thing, I was just taken aback. So I was like, oh, oh, okay, like. Didn't know. So yeah. now, I, now I know. Yeah, but now her mom is is a big hugger and she's quick to say I love you where she wasn't getting that before. So I yeah. think there's been a lot of growth on it your mom's sounds side. Like oh, it. Yeah. it sounds like it's For been sure. really amazing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it, and from what my take is, is you guys had to step out in bravery and have a hard conversation. Mm-hmm. So that was the catalyst to change. So what about young couples today who might be sitting exactly where mm-hmm. you guys were all those years ago? What would you say to them in that? Maybe like what you learned, maybe things you wish you would have done a little differently. Like how how could you be of help to someone in that mm-hmm. situation today? Uh, I, you know, I would say if you find that person that you think is the right fit for you, then you got to stand up for that. And, um, you know, there's going to be people that maybe not agree, but the reality is that, you know, you're not going to marry those people. You're going to marry the person that you're with. And, um, you know, you've got to be able to stand for that, stand strong for that, like, Mm-hmm. I just I don't like just because your parents agree or disagree, like go with what's in your heart, mm-hmm. right? And make mm-hmm. the decision that's going to be right for you and, you know, for the future and for your family. And um, people come around, generally come around, right? And usually it yeah. takes the birth of a child for that to happen, right? And people will start to kind of come around. You know, my dad dealt with that when I was born. I think they buried the hatchet and then. With Angelina, there was definitely another hatchet that was born. So mm-hmm. if I could say, you know, it took a child to do it, um, that's just our story. But I think for anybody else that's mm-hmm. dealing with it, I think the times are different, mm-hmm. right? Um, I think where you're from plays a part because not everybody. Yeah. We are in right. the Midwest that's, and it's. Yeah. That's what bit, I was going to say. It's a little bit I easier. I think that we're very lucky to yeah. be in the areas that we have been in because there's a lot of areas that are, that would be much worse sure in our situation yeah um and a lot more people judging you and you know even worse yeah and so. i think it's more people's like families right because mm-hmm. the other uh, the rest it doesn't really matter you know what anybody else says but mm-hmm. you know if you've got a tight nucleus with your family and it yeah. causes a divide then i think one you've got to collectively stand together and stand up for what you want you know and either they're gonna jump on board or they're not yeah you know, so mm-hmm. that'd be my advice. Don't give up <laughs> if that's what you want. Yeah. And I I just have to believe like when families see you come together and stand together on your love and on your beliefs and like this is what we want. This is what makes us happy. This is what we're standing on and what we're working for. I think just just as like we're having this conversation, standing up in those things 
in your truth and speaking your truth in love brings people around to change perspectives, to change ideas, to break, you know, old ways or ways of thinking. And I just love that, that you guys didn't give up or like weren't deterred by, you know, family noise or whatever um, to stop this, you Mm -hmm. know? Yeah. So I love that. Don't give up. Yes. And that's good advice for anyone in general anyway, when you're budding relationship or if not even budding but just like you you found your person and that's that's wonderful advice regardless of other scenarios in that so okay you did speak to a little bit about your parents yes and i would love to tap into that oh yeah if you're comfortable and if if they're good with it too sure my parents are they're open books so yeah they were very excited when we told them that we were going to do this (laughs) like oh very excited I yeah. love that. We should have brought so Earl Senior <laughs> into the room. Maybe we'll get him in here sometime. Oh, yes. yeah. That'd be yeah. great. <laughs> All right. So, my folks. So, um, my parents, they, they they met each other at work, um, St. Luke's Hospital. And uh, like I said, mom's Hispanic, dad's black. And uh, her family, extremely <sighs> Catholic and very traditional. Um, big family. Six sisters, two brothers. Each one of them had four kids. So it, I had a ton hey. of cousins on my oh, mom's side, mm-hmm. right? And it's straight Hispanic, Catholic, straight Mexican, right? I was going to ask Mexico. Yeah, Mexican. Okay. So, um, and then most of her family, all Hispanic yes, as well? Okay. Yes, yes, so yes. So it's just... Yeah, until, you know, like her sisters get married and, you know, some of them married Hispanic, some of them married white. So I've got cousins just as white as anybody else in this room, mm-hmm. right? Um, like, like I said, I kind of grew up on all sides, but for my dad and my mom, um, you know, my dad for the longest time, he, he wouldn't tell me some of the things that they went through, but I know they went through some stuff right in the beginning. And, uh, when they got together in the seventies, it was extremely taboo and, uh, long story short, <laughs> I say that, all the time. that means it's going to be a 20 minute story. <laughs> hey, that's okay. We're here for Her, it. my, my, my mom's grand or parents. So my grandparents, they told her, like, listen, this is not going to happen. And, and if it does, then, you know, you're disowned, essentially. Wow. So she stood up. She stood up to them. And she said, this is what I want, right? And it aided her so much, like her family, like not wanting to be, have anything to do with her, that she ended up leaving my dad for a short time. And she, and I've never really said this, but she she actually got married to somebody else. Um, wow. and it Just and it, to please them. Yeah. and it And it killed my dad. It killed him. I'm sure. And this is why I say my dad's, I'm coming back around full circle to this. Um, Divorced shortly after. It didn't last long at all. Like a couple of months, right? Just to please her parents. But then just decided like, hey, like I love Earl. Like I love, you know, my dad. Mm -hmm. That's who she loved. That's who she wanted to be with. So she ran back to dad and, you know, they got pregnant. And uh, once I was born, like that was it. Like I was the favorite out of all the grandkids. (laughs) Had a ton of them. And uh, dad was one of the favorite son-in-laws. And, um, you know, my mom had an older brother, Uncle Peter. Um, he was the only blood son, natural son. The, the other son was adopted, Bobby, Uncle Bobby. But Uncle Peter was essentially the alpha of the entire family because he was the only boy, right? Um, and he was in a, a Mexican gang, right, when he was younger. So he still Dang. had that kind of thug life yes. mentality um but he had major beef with my dad right and once i was born then him and my dad they really really truly buried the hatchet and uh started becoming really good friends and then he passed away in 86 from cancer mm. 
Mm. But um, yeah, and I love my Uncle Peter. But that was, I think, the kind of the defining moment for their relationship is when Uncle Peter said, okay, you're good, Earl. Like, you're good with my sister. Mm. So they finally came back full circle. Um, and I give it up to my dad. That's why he's my hero is because he endured and he stood up for what he wanted. He had to go through some stuff for it. Um, but in the end, you know, they've been married for 45 years. Wow. So then on the reverse mm-hmm. of that, how did his family welcome your mom? Oh, yeah. so <laughs> this is what's really interesting. Um, you know, on both sides, I think you get a little bit of that. Um, I guess a little bit, a bit of the racism you could say, because my, my grandmother on my dad's side, I call her Nana. So I'm going to refer to her as Nana. Um, the first time, this is why I love my mom. The first time that she came over, she came over to pick up my dad and they were going out on a date and she's sitting in the front room and uh, Nana was in the kitchen and my dad's coming through with his clothes and he just pressed them and she grabbed them and she's like, hey, listen, she's like, you got to watch these Mexican girls. Like they carry knives in their bras. Oh. <laughs> right? Well, I guess, and this story was from my mom, right? <clears throat> my mom overheard her and she said, well, listen, Miss Bernice, you must have not known. Like we now carry guns. <laughs> so my mom kind of stood up to my Nana on day one. Wow. So my mom didn't really take much from right. anybody. Um, and I just thought that was the, just the funniest story. But yeah, I, obviously my, my grandmother had, my Nana had a little problem with it as well, right? On her side. So I've seen it on both sides, right? But I've seen more good on both sides than I've seen the ugly yeah. or yeah. the bad. And everybody eventually came around. Yeah. And I just think it was, you know, back in the day, people were raised a certain way and you were supposed to marry within your own race. And this is just what we do and how we do. But obviously, I think we all know society's changed. Yeah. And now there's groups that support the change. And, you know, um, so, yeah, it's, but like I said, dad's my hero and my mom doesn't put up with nobody's stuff. (laughs) (laughs) So how is your family accepting of Steph? Because we talked about her family. I think my mom calls her when she calls me. I think I'm amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Obviously. Um, Is that a question? It's it's it'll be a quick answer. They, well, we already know the yeah, answer. They, so. Long story short. Long story short. They, they they call her more than they call me. Yeah. I'll just leave it at that. Yeah, they love stuff. They love stuff, and um, I, I swear, my mom calls you more than she calls me. I don't know about that. I guarantee you, she does. <laughs> I guarantee you, she does. They were very so they were open and welcoming. Very, I was yes. going to say from the beginning, sound because of their story and what they fought for. It sounds like they were supportive from the get-go yeah yeah from the very mm-hmm. beginning i don't think there was ever any anything no. any issues at all with my parents and not that and i stuff. felt Mm-mm. that's no. so great and i think too something i think about with my parents because they were two different races and so like you and i sitting in this room we're both mixed kids sure. if you want to give it a label which we don't need to which is silly but i'm hispanic as well and which i want to ask some more questions on that in a second but i love that the generation before the two of you sitting on this couch helped pave the way so that you two could be sitting on this couch speaking your truth without fear 100%. and being able to even pass some wisdom on to other people. And I think we learn a lot from history, but we also learn how to pivot and do better. But it's just so cool to hear your parents' story of all the adversity there and how they took it. And it sounds like your mom owned it. And then just was like drawing her line in the sand. Like, yeah. This is me. I am here we're a unit deal with it that's it (laughs) sort of thing Mm -hmm. so and a lot of people don't have that story 
and I'm not saying that it's because, you know, they didn't try hard enough for this and that, but it's just some sometimes, unfortunately, it didn't work out. And obviously, your mom had a brief moment where she did try to appease her family. She did, yeah. And, and then she clearly, it, she knew in her soul, this isn't right for me. And I just think that's such a beautiful thing that so many of us can learn from to just stick to your guns and know, like, not literal guns, but like, just know, like, know in your core, like, this is who I am. This is what I want and all of that. But anyway, that little sidebar, I wanted to ask you, so you and I have connected in many ways. Oh, and yes. I always joke, like, it took a couple years, but Earl eventually said that he didn't think I liked him when we first met because I would never, like, really acknowledge you and, and say hi because I was always busy. A little short, a little short on the voice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's not wrong. <laughs> But it wasn't because I didn't like you. It was, uh, so we we met at church. I guess you and I met at a birthday party yep. briefly and mm-hmm. then realized that it was the same couple at church. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I, at the time, and even still volunteer. And so I would always see you really quickly in passing. And I would have like five minutes to go to the bathroom, fix my makeup, get my microphone pack situated, sure. all that stuff, get back on stage. You, of course, don't know any of this. So whenever you'd be like, hey, Emily, how's it going? I'm like, hey, good, bye, I'll see you later. And just leaving you hanging, like, it's one of those things. I was like, ah, I, I needed the perspective to know that that's how I that's how that was interpreted because I'm sure it seemed really rude. And you're like, dude, we're in a church. Take the time to talk to me. Yeah, yeah. Well, I saw you on stage, so I knew you had to get ready. I know, but yeah. also, like, I just, uh, th- that's my whole social awkwardness moments where if I get caught in a certain moment that I realize later that I'm like, ooh, that was probably really rude. Or I just shut down in a weird way because I knew I had to go from A to B and I only had this and I had to go, 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 that sort of thing. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. <laughs> we're both kids who are Hispanic. Yes, I, growing up, didn't fully identify with the Hispanic kids, didn't fully identify with the white kids. I feel like you and I have had conversations about this before mm. because we both just, I don't have a lot of friends who understand that. And yeah. I feel like you did, but your poll was so different than even mine. So, how was that growing up for you? Yeah. So, that's that's a great question. So, um, like I said, you know, we, we were out in the suburbs early. I think I was... Three or four. Of Casey? Yeah. So, we moved out to Raytown. And it was predominantly white at that time, right? It was very small. I think in elementary, there was only one other black kid. And then in middle school, it integrated, obviously, the elementaries. And it probably ended up being 30%, 40% black, 60% white. So, I still hung out with the white kids, the kids that I had grown up with and that I talked to. So, I didn't necessarily identify either or. Mm-hmm. Definitely not. I knew I was not white. I wasn't white. Uh, I just didn't hang out with any of the black kids at all, right? Um, and finally, when I got into high school, um, I finally, I think it was my, had to have been my freshman year, I think maybe mid-year, I decided to go sit at the lunch table with a couple of the brothers. And, you know, we started chopping it up a little bit. Um, and then I found out there was like a lot more commonalities than I had with some of the guys that I'd even grown up with. Mm-hmm. So um, I got a little bit of backlash from them because I wasn't necessarily sitting with my white friends that I always done, I sat with and, mm-hmm. and ate lunch with. I, I started sitting with a new group. Um, so I had a little bit of outcast coming from the black crowd because for the last three years in, in middle school, they had only ever seen me hang out and do stuff with the white kids. So oh, yeah. I got called names. I got called Oreo. I got called other names. Um and I still remember those people, but they ended up coming back around. Like once I think I started hanging with a lot of them out, you know, high school time. And my, my best friends now are still, they're black, BJ and Brent. 
um, they were my best friends in high school and they're still my best friends now, right? That I still have, but there was definitely some identity shifting going on. And um, for the longest time, um, I just didn't think I knew who I was, but I think growing up the way that I grew up on the Hispanic side, on the black side, I was definitely um, very accustomed to um, my white friends, their parents and how they did things. So I saw all three sides. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think it helped kind of groom me into the person that I am, how I can just, I think I relate to any, any person. I can talk to any person. I can find a commonality with most any person just because of the experiences that I've had. But um, it did stain me for a while. Yeah. Just not having that identity. And then the name calling and people not thinking that I'm true or I'm real. And I, I think I was still trying to find myself a little bit. Yeah. Right. Um, and then, you know, once high school is over, everybody goes their separate ways and, Go to college. I stayed in Missouri, and a lot of the black kids went to the same college. So, still hung out with a lot of black kids and whatnot. But I don't know. It was. It was. I think there was probably some times where I wish, like, hey, maybe I should have kind of identified with the black folks a little bit earlier, because there is a, a huge cultural differences in the way that mm-hmm. the groups live. Yeah, mm-hmm. and. Mm-hmm a lot there's a lot of changes and i think that's again i think that's kind of what crafted me and, and grew me a little bit because i can kind of relate yeah um but yeah different contrasts and i mean extremes when did you become aware of that at what age uh you know it, i think it, it probably was in sixth grade when the integration did happen um and i would spend summers out in the city like with the black family um dad would drop me off in the summertime because both him and mom worked i was still too young to kind of be at home by myself. So I spent a lot of time with the black side of my family. And that was three, four summers in a row I did that. But it was probably in sixth grade when I started getting some of the names and people were kind of chirping at me a little bit. And I was just like, why, you know, what, what's going on? And I talked to my parents about it. And, um, you know, they, my dad just said, hey, listen, you know, you've got your friends that you've always been friends with. And, you know, it's okay to make new friends. Like, don't shy away from making new friends. Like, meet these people, talk to them, see if, you know, they're good people. We've got good families. And if so, then foster a relationship, right? Um, but I didn't do it. I just stuck with what I knew. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I dealt with a little bit of ridicule in middle school. But I think middle school is kind of when I started to um, think about it more. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, okay, I've been, like, hanging out with white folks for a long time. I, you know, I want to really try to see what the other side is like. Like, my people, like, what it's like. And, you know, once I, once I did, like, there's, it's hard to explain, but there's just some of those unwritten rules that instinctively, you know, within a culture, you know, there's a lot of cultures that have tradition um, and there's things that just instinctively happen within those cultures. Right. And I started picking that up on the black side of the culture. So if you ever, if you ever see me and we're just walking down a street and I pass another black man. And if they're grown, which they're 35 or 40 years older, the young gen, I don't, they don't do it as much, right? <laughs> but, the, you know, our generation, um, you'll see a simple head acknowledgement, just, mm-hmm. a, just a head nod. And all it is, is just a sign of respect from one black man to another. Mm. And that's all it is. It's nothing. It's just a sign of respect. Like, I, I got you. I understand mm-hmm. you, black man. That's it. And that's just one of those unwritten things, unwritten rules that you pick up, but you don't pick that up or know that unless you're part of that. Mm-hmm. And that's the stuff that I didn't know, right? That's the stuff that I didn't pick up until I really started being more exposed to what it meant to truly be black, yeah. right? 
And I dealt with the profiling. Like I got, but the profiling only happened when I was rolling with my black friends. Never happened with the white mm -hmm. friends. So like I said, I saw both sides and um, there was some extreme differences. So that's interesting to me mm. that the profiling didn't happen. Like explain that a little bit more, I guess. Sure. Um, Brandon, one of my good best friends, we were coming home through Raytown one night and uh, just me and him, we were driving down 87th street and we're a few blocks away from his home. And there's a cop that's just, he's parked on a side street and his lights are on, but he's just sitting there. There's no cars coming and we're a half a mile away and I can see his lights and he could have easily have pulled out, but he didn't. And we passed and obviously we passed right in front of his headlights and he saw two young black kids and um, sure enough, he pulls out. Right. And, you know, we pull into the neighborhood. He pulls in after us, hits his lights real quick. And we're uh, one turn away from being in, in Brandon's driveway. So we just continue to go mm -hmm. and we, we pull up into the driveway and we get out. And um, he's like, hey, he's like, what are you guys doing? And then we're like, well, we're, we're home. And he's like, this is where you live. And we're like, well, yeah. He's like, what's your last name? And Brandon's like, Jones. So my last name. So he rolls up his window, he turns his lights off, and he drives away. But for no reason at all. We weren't speeding. We weren't doing anything. But it was just we were black and in Raytown and young and trying to go home. So it happens. Mm. Yeah, it happens, unfortunately. And I think that is a reality that many people do not truly grasp. Sure. That they think that's something that you see on the news or that's in a movie. Like they don't know. Or it just doesn't happen around here. Right. Yes. I yeah. have heard yeah. that before. Oh, well, that sort of thing doesn't happen around here. Mm -hmm. um, especially with the race, racial unjust unrest in the last couple of years, yeah. how it's, I, I'm not going to say that it's not real because it's incredibly real. Yeah. And that has just reframed how I feel about Beckett as he gets older. Mm. And even like, this is, it's, I guess it's not so, so much a silly example, but I, I'm curious if this resonates with you during the I want to say it was a little bit after the lockdown, Unsolved Mysteries released a new season. And there was an episode that took place in Gardner, Kansas, so not far from here. Sure. And a group of guys went to a party and their buddy, um, he was either Hispanic or black. I, I'm, I apologize. I honestly don't remember. But the Unsolved Mystery was about him. Yeah. They all went to the party as a group, but they left the one kid who was culturally different than everyone else in the party. They left him there. He winds up deceased and his buddies left him. And Jacob and I talked about this with all of our kids, just like you never, number one, you never leave a brother behind, sure. <laughs> but just, was that a mindset for you growing up? Like we can never be left alone in a one-on-one -on -one situation, like you because you have to have each other's backs yeah, type of thing. So how does that, is that something that you ever had to think about? Um, I don't think I, I really thought about that. Um, there was always a kind of get your back mentality when it comes to the black side. Like if we're together, say we're all black and something happens and you run, I instinctively will run. Like after we stop, I'll figure out what it was we're running from. Mm -hmm. But you don't have to tell me like, hey, they're shooting. Let's go. <laughs> like, no, like, all right. Emily just bounced. Like it's probably time for us to go. And it's just something that, you know, instinctively you do. Um, I guess maybe fight or flight is a little bit to play yeah. into that. Right. But it's instinctive. So um, it happens. But no, I... I you, I think you were, I was more aware of my surroundings, especially when mm. it was a small group of us yeah. and a big group of them. Um, cause you could see the stairs, you could see the conversations, 
and you can feel it. You know, there was times where I felt it. I'm like, okay, we probably shouldn't be in this place. Like, let's make this quick and let's go. I'd rather not even be in a spot where there's any of that going on. Cause I, I'm not a, I'm not a person that's, I don't, I don't do the violence thing. I really truly don't. Um, and I don't want anybody that I'm with to be a part of that as well. So I'd rather just duck and run and get up out of there. Mm. So no, I didn't deal with it a ton, but I was definitely aware of surroundings. I was aware of um, just awkward behaviors from people um, in, in certain settings, mm-hmm. but it, it didn't, just because I think of where we lived, it, it didn't happen a ton. You know, Raytown was Raytown. Um, I played sports, so I, I think I knew everybody. <laughs> uh, so I didn't really have to mess with it too much, I don't think. So, no. So now in your marriage, have you guys had to face any difficult situations with that? Like people confronting you or saying... You talked about dirty looks earlier. Dirty looks or like being in those uncomfortable situations. Is that a real thing? Like, has that happened to you? I mean, I think it's definitely a real thing. Um, I would say, I don't that I can recall any comments being made. Not directly. I do feel like never, never directly looked at here and there. Um, But no comments. And again, I think that's just luckily where we live at. Um, if we were in different areas, that could be very different. Sure. Um, but luckily, no. no one has ever said anything to us. Um, we did have one little incident. Kids yeah. is a different story. Um, we should probably dump into that a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to ask, ask about next, yeah, actually. Yeah, it, like, it affects the kids as well, not just us. But Sure. And yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Oh. So the, we had a conversation with the kids and it all stemmed from, you know, the George Floyd riots and yep. what was going on in Chicago because I had stores that were looted and burned and, oh um, you know, the kids were like, well, what's going on? So we kind of had to tell them the backstory of what happened yep. and, um, you know, there was white cops involved and a black person that got killed. And so, you know, we talked deeply to at least the older two about it. The younger two, uh, they're not quite there yet, right? But Angelina and Dom. Um, and I don't, you know, from an I- identity standpoint, I don't think they, they truly identify as, as black or white or, you know, they're more, they look more Hispanic than anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they, I don't think that they'll, they'll get much of what we dealt with mm-hmm. um, just because of the way that they look. Yeah. You know, they've got a lot of white features and they don't look black. They, they, they really truly don't. But we had to have a conversation one day because <clears throat> one of them came home and said that um, there was some kids in school using, you know, the N word mm. and, you know, the schools, it's pretty much, there's, it's mostly all white. Yeah. And uh, it happened to be one of the kids that uh, we know and we know their parents and um, you know, we had to dig to find out like, was this really the truth that you're telling us? And, you know, if it was, I wanted to see like, hey, how did it make you feel, right? Yeah. Um, because if it didn't make them feel any way, I didn't want to make it a big deal. But right. they need to know also that um, if somebody is saying that, that could potentially, you know, offend their dad, right? Yeah. And I need them to move away from the conversation and let a grown up know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because we don't teach them that. Right. And I don't want them, 
they they need to be exposed to it because they, they think they're going to eventually have to deal with something at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm hoping they don't, but they need to know how to deal with it. And I also need to know how they feel about it. And that's what I was trying to get out. And I didn't get much. I didn't get much from... Um, yeah, well, and I think it's hard for even the older ones, I think it's hard for them to understand and grasp because for kids, it's like, you can tell them. It's just like you tell them things all day long and it mm-hmm. goes in one ear and out the other. But until they see something um, or go through something, sometimes they just don't fully understand it. Sure. And the um, N-word wasn't directed at anybody, but it was just used. Supposedly, it was just used. Oh, so it wasn't told to one of your no, children. No, it, it was wasn't, just uh, in a conversation yeah, that, and, and I'm assuming it was a white child that it was, said it. it. Yeah, it was. And here's the thing: you know, I blame every, I blame culture, I blame society <laughs> for, you know, um, it's everywhere, right? Yeah. And um, well, what I like you, what you you commented on was something about what they learn or you, what you teach them or something, and I think that's a huge thing too because our kids. So many of these things, like you said, you didn't really know any difference and you kind of started looking at your identity at sixth grade or whatever. Yeah. Kids are just kids. They're all innocent. Like all of our kids never, they didn't like know that your two were adopted Mm -hmm. for like the longest time, right? They're just kids. And that is the beauty of what God, I believe, created in all of our differences is that we don't see anything differently other than you are my friend Earl, you're my friend Steph, you're my friend Emily, these are our beautiful kids and we all look beautiful in our own way. Right. Mm-hmm. And so much of these things come about because of generations past or whatever we've taught and they see and they hear and they become things that for some people don't even know why. Right. But that's where, like you said, like I want to teach them, like, how does this make you feel? This is right. This is wrong. And I think that's where we were talking about earlier. Like, how do we um, do better? Like, how can we do better? And it starts with at home. Like, mm-hmm. how we talk about these things at home, how we handle them, sure. and how we absolutely how we teach them and treat others. So. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah that that wasn't long ago. That was this this semester, wasn't it? This conversation, I believe. Oh, I don't know if it was. I don't know. Yeah, we was... had another incident recently with one of the kids too. But what's funny is like when that kind of stuff comes up, he, I feel like he approaches it very calmly and I, on the other end, am like ready to flip a table <laughs> and I go from zero to a hundred in a hot second. And uh, so it's probably good because we balance out a little bit. Oh um, yeah. But yeah. I know um, my stepdaughter because she lives in a very, very small town in Kansas. or No, Missouri. Missouri. Um, that's where she was raised um, with her mom primarily. And, um, you know, it's a lot different there. And, I mean, I don't know for sure, but I don't know if there were any other black kids out there. Um, but mm. I know she's dealt with people saying the N-word to her before, mm. you know, and... Um, so it is hard because it's like the kids have to take on that burden, yeah. unfortunately, of our choices, but it shouldn't be a burden. Right. Yeah. You know, um, but I think you're totally right in what you said. It starts in the home. And, you know, that's where that's where our kids learn it. Yeah. It's like if if you're picking it up at home, then obviously you're going to carry that with you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
So how did the school was okay, how did the school handle it? Or were they any help at all? Did they even know? Was this just something that your kids brought home and you guys kind of kept it at home? Or did you involve the school? No, school was not involved. And I know re- the most recent thing um, that was said to one of them um, was at a friend's house. Oh, okay. so, so it was in that, that setting. So yeah, school's never been involved. Um, but I do know people from the area that we live in who do have children that the schools have been involved in and, you know, it's been a thing, but luckily we haven't had to deal with that. But again, it's like, I tell him, I think it is partially because our kids do look like they're Hispanic. I -hmm. think it could be a different scenario if, if their hair was more textured and they looked a little bit more ethnic. Um, but I don't know. Yeah. Um, and I think most of their friends know that their dad's black. Right. And the yeah. incident that did happen with the kid that lives on the block, I, I know the parents. And, it, you know, if it would continue to happen, I'd, I'd go talk to dad. I'd go talk mm-hmm. to his dad. And I'd just let him know, hey, this is kind of what's stern, man. Like, yeah. I don't know what's being taught. I don't care. But I just don't want it to pop up on my side again. Yeah. You know, and if it does, like, we have a different conversation. Yeah. And I, I think that is great because I think that, unknowingly a lot of that family on the other side may have no idea they may not be living that way but their kids picked it from somewhere else so those type of conversations as hard as they are to have to step into that space and to bring it up could be very healthy for that family very helpful i should say because i know like if my kid were ever to say something or whatever it gives me the opportunity to teach and if I don't know what I don't know, yeah. you know? Yeah. And so it's like how, like, you know, at what point do you do it the first time or do you wait, right? Sure. You know. But I think it's just always being aware and willing to step into those spaces and be like, hey, man, I don't, you know, just have a conversation. Like, I'm not coming with any anger or anything like that. But as a father, like, I will take these opportunities in our family to teach our kids, sure. you know, to yeah. be better and loving humans. And um, I don't know. I just think that we miss a lot, a lot of opportunities in life yeah. out of fear, yeah. out of being uncomfortable mm-hmm. and just the unknown, like yeah. we talked about earlier. Yeah. Right. And yeah. So. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I was curious about the school. So uh, we had an incident on the bus and of course, like, I feel like so many stories started with, well, on the bus. And this was, it happened to be the year that I had all three kids in the same school. So Danica would have been fifth, Knox first grade, Beckett kindergarten. And some, and I don't know the exact wording of what was said, but some racist comments were made. And then some like, you don't look like your family, blah, blah, blah. And and Danica, like, kind of like pulled a stuff and like knocked that off right away and told those kids right and left like no this is not happening as she should and when she came home she was shaken and in tears and she was like i cannot believe they would say that to my brothers you don't talk to my brothers like that and you know this is also the big sister who will turn around and then like punch them you know because they're siblings (laughs) but i then brought that to the school and told them what happened and we also had another similar incident but it wasn't on the bus but i didn't it wasn't in like a i'm so mad at you way but it was kind of like a hey we're no longer going to ride the bus because i feel like that is just a 
cesspool for a lot of bad things to be said and done. And there's not supervision. The bus driver can't do two jobs. No, They're right. driving the bus. No. They, they need to keep the kids safe. And so that was a big choice we made to remove our kids from riding the bus, which now they want to do. But um, in that, the school was like, they were on it. They were like, who said it? What was said? Blah, blah, blah. And I was just like, hey, I don't want to give you a story that my fifth grader told me because I actually, I think it's this girl, but I'm not, I'm not sure. going to go there. Yeah. But I just, I want to make sure that they know that I know. And especially the instance that happened at school and talking with the school, we've been very open. Like when I start this new school year, I'm like, hey, my kids are adopted. There's going to be... um projects you have in class that are going to be very hurtful to them. So I would appreciate it if you would give me a heads up, especially when it comes to family tree stuff or something that why do I not look like my dad stuff? Because mm. they there have been projects like that where they yeah. come home wow. and my dad has green eyes. My mom has brown eyes, but you know, I have really dark brown eyes. That doesn't make sense. You know, that sort of stuff. So I have started approaching each school year with each teacher of like, hey, this is the stuff that has happened in the past. And I just, I want you to have an open line of communication with me no. because my family's not perfect either. And my kids are not victims at all. And I think that's the beauty of you guys not having like these preemptive conversations is because they're, they're not a victim to this, but you want to make sure that they have this awareness when they're old enough to understand. It's just, I feel like it's so hard. Sure. And not that my situation relates to yours, because with them being adopted, that's different and having a preemptive conversation with a teacher. But I feel but, like that's even different because I feel like sometimes that could be even harder for a kid when they don't look like the rest of their family. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, would those, would something have been said if all of the family was the same color? Right. Pro probably Maybe not. not. <laughs> Maybe not, yeah. But because someone is drastically different in color, then, you know, other kids want to pick on that. Yeah. yeah. So Sad. I think that's very different in itself. And hard. Unfortunate. It's hard. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You have to have those conversations every year, like with these teachers, right? Yeah. Unless yep. they get the same, they get, you know, the next kid up. Like, hey, oh, we had right. Beckett. And we get, you Which, know. and luckily, our school does do that for now. That sure. For most of the teachers that Knox has, Beckett has. Okay. And so, I just yeah. do a, hey, little, like, quick, remember what reminder. we talked about. Yeah. And, Here's my reminder. And they're, they've all been incredibly <laughs> wonderful. That's and good. just overly supportive. And one specifically picked up the phone. It was during the pandemic and called me. And he was like, if there is any hint of racism in my classroom i'm going to shut that down so fast thank you for telling me your past experience but i i just i've got your back That's and i'm good. just like yay like because it's a, a what we what kelsey and i talked about before you guys came in we're like it's a humanity thing yeah like be a good human mm -hmm. quit putting people into corners based off of the their color what they look like gender like it's just we're all humans treat each other like humans like That's why right. are we? Amen. Yeah. Uh, why? Ah, quit being a bad human. Be a good human. Be a good person. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's uh, God. We gotta. We gotta get past it. Yes. It, it is. It do. is hard. It's. And then it's, it's just like how I want to do, and I know all of us do. We want to do our best to make it easier for our kids in the future. And you know what? What stepping stones can we all lay to just make that easier for them? Just like your parents did for you guys. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. We agree with you 100%. And we'll continue to have those conversations yeah. with them. So, you know, we've got to have it with the younger ones. They're, just, they're not old enough to understand it yet. But mm -hmm. um, they'll deal with it. It's it's going to, it's going to, and you will too. Yeah. It's going to, it's, the conversations are going to come up. Yeah. 
and you've mm-hmm. just got it's either you or Jacob having the right approach and making sure that you understand their feelings. I think that's important because if it doesn't hit them as hard, then you maybe need to spin it a different direction or what that looks like. And I think that's good for me to hear because I don't think anyone's ever spoken that specifically to me because I, we did have an instance with Beckett and I was more like you, Steph, and got a little angry. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I, I never registered with like, well, did he even understand it? And how did it make you feel? It may not because have. I was already mad. Yeah. Like the second I hear this thing, I'm like, you see, what? Right. Yeah. What did they say to you? <laughs> like, I'm going to be calling some people, but um, it's interesting because you, you obviously want to p- provide space for their feelings, but if it was something that didn't even upset them, I don't want them to have now a crutch to just be angry over this thing that especially because they're like oh well mom lost her cool so yeah. clearly i need to be upset too it, it curbs them it, <laughs> it really does and especially when it comes to that it could really change their perspective on the way that they're supposed to react to it mm-hmm. and that's where i think people do get in trouble mm-hmm. is because they may have witnessed a parent going ballistic and they think that you know that's the right thing to do and not necessarily every time and like for your boys like you know one, they're extremely blessed. All of you guys are extremely blessed. So them, I think at some point identifying like, hey, like, you know, I am what I am, but, you know, my roots are still, you know, the Eatons. Like mm-hmm. that's my roots, right? And those roots aren't black or white. They're, they're, they're what's what you guys build, right? Yeah. And that's having faith in their life and teaching them how to treat people the right way and um, calling out the wrong that people yeah. do right that's what they're going to know it's not going to be a color um but they're going to deal with the color thing at some point so yeah. um but it's you know the way that you guys parent like we obviously we see what we see through posts and the experiences that we've had in person just keep doing what you're doing because um they're very rooted oh, right and that's Absolutely. yeah that's going to help them stand strong against some of these you know kids that don't know any better right unfortunately and I think, too, just me giving grace to those kids, because like you said, kids are kids, Kels, right? You were like, kids are kids. They're We're all born innocent. And like, what my dad, what did he used to call it? It was the, um, like, the veil of innocence. Like, we all have that growing mm-hmm. up. And then, unfortunately, and I feel like it's younger and younger now, but that veil is going to get stripped away. Yeah, sure. And so, that innocence that we're all born with is slowly just taken from us. And so I think with that, that I just am like, oh, my heart bleeds yeah. so much that I'm just, oh, it's it's so much. I have so many feelings right now. <laughs> Sorry, I'm like crying, yeah. sitting in my feelings. Oh my gosh, I um, and I just number one, I thank you guys for being so vulnerable here because I know that that's not an easy thing to do, but I just know the magnitude of your words are just so impactful. And oh, well, thank you for having good. us. Oh, can help somebody. Yes. Are crying. There's probably going to be more crying sessions today. I crying <laughs> oh, sessions. We've missed what? you guys. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, we have, we it's missed just, you guys too. Oh, happy yeah. tears. Okay. Yes. Yeah, yeah, good yeah. tears. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like why, why are we going to cry? Why not? Oh my like, gosh. This is, this is like a great testament to, um, this is going to sound terrible. Because my voice is crackling. But, like, just to our whole goal in this is just to create a space for conversation. And we have just such a great friendship with you guys that having these real conversations is just so beautiful. 
Um, and so, yeah, thank you again. Like, I just love this. This is typically what our gatherings are anyway. Yes, it is. <laughs> they really it is. look a little different. They would have microphones in front of our faces. That's fine. But um, just, yeah, like we've, we say often, when you find your people that you can really share those things with so you don't have to keep these things to yourself, right? And because it all helps us grow. It helps us to be better people ourselves, to raise better children. Yes. To, and I feel like that's how we can make an impact in this world too. Yeah. 100%. So, Agree with you 100%. You want a tissue? There's some tissues. Right oh, yeah. We, we keep them on standby. That's, <laughs> that's a great idea. I, and again, before you guys walked in, I was telling Kels that I so wish I could go back in time and just hold little Emily's hand and tell her it's okay that you're different. It's yeah. okay that you look different. Embrace, like, embrace all of who you are. Like, quit yes. trying to whitewash all of your culture and all your, the things that make you so unique, quit trying to conform that mm -hmm. to what everyone is telling you it should be. And even like third or fourth grade, we had to write this like, I look like poster. And I wrote that my hair was brown. And this kid was like, you have black hair, you have black hair. And I, I mean, until I was blue in the face, I was like, my hair is very dark brown. And that was just shame. I was so ashamed wow. of what I looked like. And I just, because I was so, so different and it was evident to me and I had said things and things had happened and, and I'm not saying my, my childhood was horrific. It wasn't, but I just was very aware that I was different and I really didn't embrace my me until college. Sure. And so, um, I don't know if there's anything that either of you want to speak to, and obviously we can't speak to our past selves, but you know, if there's a kiddo, a middle schooler, high schooler who's struggling with the same thing, even a young adult, even an older adult, like who is having this almost identity tug of war or they're feeling like there's no hope. Or, or like having a hard time standing up for what, you know, they believe or what they want yeah. because they're afraid of what others might say. Yeah. Like, like what would you speak into that? You know, people are always going to say stuff about other people. It's yeah. just, especially the, now. Yeah. Especially it's now. just the way that, that, that it is, unfortunately. And, um, you know, I, I think if, those people are going to say bad stuff about you. you. You don't need to be worried about them. You don't need to deal with them. They don't have to be in your circle. Right. Um, you know, do what you feel is in your heart. And, you know, um, if whatever is in your heart is, you know, the person that you are, you know, that's what you stand up for. It's, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be concerned about what other people say. And mm -hmm. for a long time, I was. Right. And it's hard for a young person person that's the thing to yeah. understand it's it. easier said than done yeah, it, i think yeah. it's easier at our age now yeah yes. of course rather than you know a young person because i can very much relate to what you're saying and your feelings when you were younger mm -hmm. like i can relate to that absolutely just being a girl in itself mm -hmm. you know um i think one of my goals as a parent is to tell my kids all the time as much as I can remember to like how great they are yeah, and yeah. what they're good at. And you look so handsome. I am always asking our boys. I'm like, why are you so handsome? You're such <laughs> you a stud. You ask my boys that. Oh, I, I do. Love that. Yes. They are. <laughs> I do. I do. But I, I try to be intentional with that because I just, I want them, especially my girls. I want them to let, I want them to be confident. I want mm -hmm. them to be strong 
you know, and I don't want them to have those feelings of doubt and insecurity. And, you know, I'm sure everyone's going to have them, but if I can help a little bit with that, like if you can I create try the to do foundation my best. of that and their foundation is strong in that and those words of affirmation and you help yep. them to create that mm-hmm. for them, then when you do get hit with these outside things from the world, which we all have and they will yep. too, um, and they already have, you know, several of them, um, it just helps, right? Your foundation is strong enough sure. that when those things come and also too, I feel like they all know they have not only their parents sex to them but we have community yeah. Too, yeah. which is so cool and that's huge so. yeah and yeah. If there's any message for you know adults it's it's the i mean help mentor somebody that's not your own kid yeah teach uh, them something yeah. i love that just teach them something different man teach them something good teach them how to love um because it takes a village yeah, yeah. it really truly does and uh, it's hard it's hard nowadays to to parent i think with everything it really is it, it takes friends really it takes community yeah um, yep. To raise them all the right way. So, you know, for the adults, help out somebody else that's not your own. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love and that. What you said, Steph, um, my, that's funny you said that because my dad, I was just talking to him yesterday and he said, he sent me a link of a podcast. I think it was like 30 minutes long, but he talked about how the person was discussing silver boxes and that whenever we give affirmations to our children, we're giving them a silver box. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, oh my gosh, that's so profound. But it's one of those things that, and then bleeding into what you talked about, Earl, like we cannot, we are not limited to affirming our children. We can affirm our friends' kids and our even ki- our kids' friends who we don't even know their family. Mm-hmm. Like we can provide that affirmation of just all these feel good things. And I know that I, I know that I can do better with that, but I know that I had adults looking out for me growing up that did that for me. And I, you know, at the time didn't think anything of it, but now realize like, wow, that was really, the magnitude of that was huge yeah. mm-hmm. of just, you know, pouring, <laughs> giving me a silver box and putting, you know, affirmations in there. Mm-hmm. So, oh, you guys. Yeah. This That's is, awesome. This is so good. Oh my gosh. We, okay. So we're a little over time, but you know what? That's fine. Cause we write the rules, That's right? right. Yeah. That's what we hey. do. But we want to make sure we end this the way that we always do with some questions. Mm. So it'll end more likely on a lighthearted note. <laughs> Maybe not. Um, do you have it ready to go? Put my glasses oh, on. Okay. <laughs> okay. okay, now I can see it. Okay. okay, and then everybody has to answer. Okay. Okay. And it's supposed to be as quick as you can. Rapid fire. Yeah, okay. allegedly. Okay. <laughs> All right. Red or black licorice? Red. Red. Neither. I like both. <laughs> That's great. I really do. I, love... I would go with neither, honestly, if I knew that was an option. Dude, yeah. Good and plenties. What nobody, is that? Nobody likes good and plenties. Uh, I don't, is that a brand? Why not? Because it's black licorish. A... Oh. Yeah, no. They're so good. I, my grandpa, this is so cute. When he was in the nursing home before he died, he would hide a stick of black licorice in the toilet paper roll. So that way when he was on the toilet, he could he have would, some of his black licorice. <laughs> he loved black licorice. He like just always had it. And so growing up, I did like it. But I think it's because it was like a forced fed thing. And I'm like, you're going to like this. And then one day I was like, I, I can't anymore. Yeah, no. And I do like the smell for because it just is nostalgic for me when yeah. it, I think of him. But outside of that, I, I don't even really know that many people who like black licorice. Oh my no. gosh. It makes me think of the smelly markers that we had when oh, we were little. Yes. That was always the worst one in the in the pack. It was the black licorice <laughs> yeah. one. And I wanted to eat it. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. So this one will be really fun. 
what was your worst first date? And it doesn't have to be with each other. And so... The one where I got stood up? Oh, you got stood up? Yeah, I got stood up in high school. Oh. Can't believe it. <laughs> I can't believe it. <laughs> I was dressed. I was ready to go. Never showed. Never answered the phone. Like you were at a restaurant waiting? No, or I, was just at your... at, I was at home. Like we were, we were supposed to, she was supposed to come by and pick me up. And Maybe that's why. Maybe you were supposed to go pick her up. Well, we had agreed. Oh. And um, <laughs> anyway, I got stood up. Man, I don't, that's a tough one. I <laughs> had this one. I met this guy online. That uh, should have been a red flag right there. And anyway, went to a Nebraska game, football game, which is like a huge thing. And my mom and one of her friends happened to go with us too. Um, so that was a little awkward. I had met him before we went, but I didn't know him very well. So we go out to eat after. And he literally picked up his steak with a fork and ate it off of the... <laughs> like, didn't cut it up with a like knife or anything. Right. Yes. I was mortified. Oh, my. And I just will never forget that. Never talk to him after that. Yeah, well. Yeah. Oh, that's so funny. That is funny. One come to you, yeah. I'm still trying to think of one. Man, I didn't go on a lot of dates, though. So I don't think I had very many first dates. Obviously, they weren't very good if I can't remember them. <laughs> what's, well. the worst, right? what's the worst date with Earl? Because we asked, we did we ask that. talked with our with guys our about guys. this on the last podcast. I have my example. What's, what's yours? Of our worst date? Mm-hmm. I mean, probably our worst. It it is also the best to me, <laughs> the best and the worst. Um, Go what? ahead, just Go share. No, are you this, they're, of, they're asking you. Are you thinking of hula hands? Oh, that was great. That was our first. That was really our. Well, first. you say that was our first, but. I'm still not convinced that that was the first date. Well, it's well, how is the worst removed. date also the best date? Go I'm ahead. wanting to yeah. say this it? one. I'll say this one. I don't know if I want you to. I will say it. Okay. What? What? At the Hula first Hands, date? The oh. Hula Hands one, right? Yeah. So we go out to eat, right? And we're in Overland Park we're at Hula Hands. And we're no sitting, names. We're sitting outside on the patio. <laughs> and Steph notices a boyfriend of one of her girls uh, at a dinner table with Somebody that's not her girl. Oh. So she picks up the phone and she shoots over a quick text message. And six minutes, seven minutes later, here comes the friend out to the patio. Conf- your, your girlfriend shows up. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Con- yeah. Confront the boyfriend. I have heard this story. And the boyfriend obviously knew Steph. So, and he saw her sitting over there with me. And um, anyway, the drama calms down between them. And he gets up and he proceeds to walk over to our table. And he starts getting in her face oh so if anyone knows me i sat there like a very reserved she was very <laughs> she what you didn't say anything she just sat there and looked you at really him. didn't say anything no because i stood up and i said oh. something and i i pretty much just got in his face i said listen you're interrupting my meal you need to get your affairs in order and I need you to get away from the get table. Your affairs in order. I said, all right, listen, it was a little worse than that. We're just going to leave it at that. And I just happened to know all the, because remember I worked in a, in a, in a, in a bar. I was a bouncer. Oh, so yeah. I knew all the bouncers in this place. Yeah. So I quickly called them over. I'm like, hey, like D, like this guy, he's got to go. Like he's interrupting our meal and he's got drama. You don't want this. It's bad money. And uh, I, did they leave? I think maybe they left after that. Oh, I think they did. Yeah, they left. Yeah. yeah, he got up out of there quick. But that was that was our 
our worst date was it sure causing drama I'm she's causing drama <laughs> she's causing drama in day one. Oh my gosh and he stuck around yay <laughs> Not, oh my gosh, it. that's a good choice. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Mine was in high school and we went we went to Subway and I, I want to say this was like a one and done date situation. And I didn't have a lot of these, but we um ordered our sandwiches and at the time I could put away a foot long real fast. And I'm talking about the sandwich, but I could eat it real, real fast. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I could eat Have it so your fast. way. <laughs> oh, I did. And, but I, the thing I did was, and this was before Subway started cutting their sandwiches, like slicing it halfway. They used to cut like a oh, V cut. the middle, yeah. Oh, right. Pull the top. Yeah. yeah, so this ages me. But they did that. But anytime I would get my sandwich, my turkey sub, I would pick off any of the really hard crusty edges. So I kind of looked like a rabbit. I still pick up my food to this day, but I just kind of tore it apart. And I look at look up at him and I'm like, hey, I'm so sorry. I just kind of pick up my food a little bit. And he goes, yeah, that's going to get on my nerves real fast. Oh, And I was like, because I thought it was a joke. And he was like, I'm incredibly serious. Oh, well, this has been fun. And that was our last date. Too. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> All right. Wow. Okay. But I mean, hey, I can be annoying, but you got to find someone who likes your annoying that's habits, right? right? Well, yeah, that's Ish, right. Or no. tolerates them at least. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. What's your favorite childhood food or drink? Who's first? <laughs> Doesn't matter. Anybody. <laughs> Mine was barbecue meatballs. My mom's. Mine's were the microwavable fries. They were called micro fries. I've never heard what? of yeah, red box. Can you box. still buy them? They have them now. Yeah, but they're in little thinner white boxes. But these were red boxes. They came in a pack of six in the freezer section. And you take off the top and it's got like one of those like foil aluminum reflective tops. Yeah. And uh, then you tuck it back under and you put it in there for two minutes. Oh they were the gosh. best fries every day after school. Every I've never day. even heard of them. They I kind of want to go down to the store and try see if we can get them for tonight. Micro fries. Micro fries. <laughs> yep. Hmm. We'll Google it later. Hmm. Uh, mine, which might stand true to this day, but I loved the mini donuts. Oh. Um, and they used to come in the like powder? Plas- powdered sugar. Yeah. That's that your was favorite. my favorite. Or you didn't care. She, she now, still doesn't care. I, I'd probably go with cinnamon now, but yeah. when I was younger, powdered sugar. Yeah, she still I doesn't care. I could take down an entire bag of them. <laughs> In one sitting. She takes them out as we're in the grocery store buying them. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah. She's working them over. And she hides them. She hides them. Like, because the kids. Because it's a mom if you don't. There's never any left. Yeah. 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 Because they're the same. They'll eat them all. Oh, I understand Yeah, they take them out. They're pretty quick. (laughs) Yeah. Favorite drink? I don't know. I like the Squeeze-Its when I was little. Mm. Oh, You know? Squeeze-Its? Those are still around, right? Sure. I think They call something different now, aren't they? But I did have those. Yeah. I remember the little hugs, which are still around now because um, we buy them for the kids since it's less trash, allegedly. But they would sell them in the grocery store at the front and you just poke the hole in the top top of the foil. Mm -hmm. Orange, red, green. Down in like three slurps. Yeah. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. Food. What was my favorite food as a kid? Um, this is so weird, and I don't know if anyone else ever had these, but they it was an instant oatmeal, but it had like dinosaur eggs. Yes, and they would hatch whenever it was ready. Yeah, what? That was one of the things I loved as a kid, and I felt so special when I got to have my dinosaur egg. Oatmeal. I feel like I was a little deprived of these. <laughs> yeah, 
these treats. It's so fun. It makes you wonder what all chemicals were in those dinosaur eggs, which is probably why they're not around right. anymore, but that they would morph to life. And was mm-hmm. it like gummies or? I thought. I don't remember what they were. That's, wow, that's no? new to me. I don't yeah. remember. Yeah. <laughs> so we're going to have to look up these nostalgic things. Okay, do you two have a drink? Mm, other than Surge. No. Did I not say a drink? Probably Kool-Aid. Say? I feel like we drink Kool-Aid. I did say kids. food or drink, but oh, okay. it's oh, fun to say both. Kool-Aid. I think just Kool-Aid. Yeah. yeah. I have a drink. Um, so in the like dairy section, there was kind of similar to those little containers with the foil on the mm-hmm. top. They had an orange drink and then a fruit punch drink and then like a grape drink and like a lemon drink. And they were in one gallon containers. Is it like the Tampico stuff? It's similar to that. Yeah. I don't even know if that's the right name, but you're right. Okay. I know exactly. Those are a little different. Okay. But these were these were 99 cents for the gallon. Oh my gosh! And my mom would buy a couple of them. Right. <laughs> She'd buy the orange and the red. That's how. That was the name of it. it was orange drink or is red drink? That's what we called it. <laughs> that's crazy. And she she get a couple every week, and that would be my go to drink. Have it in the morning, afternoon, evening. What was the McDonald's orange? I see orange. It's I now back. Orange. It is. They brought it back. It's been wow. back for like a month now. That would be a nostalgic thing, I too. That, yeah. Not that I necessarily loved it by any means, but <laughs> oh. I do remember that as a childhood thing. Yeah, the High Sea Orange is now back at McDonald's. Hmm. Didn't know whatever left. Yeah, it did. <laughs> it... <laughs> oh, that's so funny. It went bye-bye. Hmm. Okay, well, I think this is going to be a mega episode for sure, but that's fine. We love it. Yes. So I think that's it. But thank you again, guys, for yeah, thank you for having, having us. us, being in the hot seats because it is quite warm in this room. It is. It's, it's, a little warm. Yeah. it's a little warm. I, I felt a little bit of Brandon Foster yeah. coming you on. Yeah, he was. was. He was sweating but over here like then Foster. It, then it went away. My hands didn't get. It was just my head. My head always gets a little <laughs> shiny. Yeah, <laughs> shiny. Yeah. Oh my gosh! But thanks again. Thanks for visiting and yes. being our people yes. and we miss being you guys so, much. so authentic and hopefully providing some some courage to people out there that didn't know they needed it so yeah, of course yes. thank you guys thank you yes. thank you guys yeah thanks you. for starting your podcast yeah, i listened to it in the car and i'm like i feel like i'm just sitting there with you guys Aww. like in the conversation like i'll talk to you guys even though you don't talk back but <laughs> i'm right there with you i drove to um first one i've ever listened to i drove to minnesota Yay. and i listened to uh, i think four of them Aww. on the way to minnesota this is about a five-hour drive, so I got four hours of, of podcasting. You guys are the best. Yeah. Thanks for supporting Thank you for your us. Support. Oh, we yeah. love it. Thank yes. you for spending this time with us as we yeah. kick off our yearly hangout tonight. Yes. That's so right. yes, can't wait. Can't we wait. love it. Can't wait to <laughs> see all the kids together. It's gonna be yes. great. It'll be a blast. All right. Well, do you wanna say the first part? And then you sure. guys know your line, right? I believe so. It's on the wall right yes. there. Yes. <laughs> all right. Well, until next time, keep, keep it, it ridiculously, ridiculously imperfect. Thanks for listening to Ridiculously Imperfect. You can find us on Facebook at Ridiculously Imperfect, on Instagram at Ridiculously Imperfect Podcast, or at RidiculouslyImperfect.com. This podcast is produced by Emily Eaton and Kelsey Foster. Our sound engineer is Isaac Moreno with Kingdom Come Studios. Until next time, keep keep it ridiculously ridiculously imperfect. imperfect.